MGM Theater of the Air premiered over WMGM in New York City on October 14, 1949, and ran until April 20, 1951. Then the programs they produced went into the world of radio syndication. The series was also heard nationally over the Mutual Radio Network in 1952. The show was known for its quality radio productions, just as it was known for its quality motion pictures. The series was a one-hour-long dramatic anthology. It featured radio adaptation of MGM and other screen properties with top-ranking stars of screen and theater during the era. MGM Theater on the Air had no regular cast. Different MGM movie stars of the era were featured each week, names like Marlena Dietrich, Ronald Reagan, Joan Bennett, George Murphy, and the stars in the show you're going to hear on this track, Madeline Carroll, Carl Frank, and Ivor Francis. Incidentally, Madeline Carroll starred in Alfred Hitchcock's 39 Steps. A very brief synopsis of the play you're going to hear, entitled Riptide, is that a chorus girl named Mary weds a British lord named Philip. He is Lord Rexford. And then she falls in love for a former boyfriend. The relationship in her marriage is as turbulent as a riptide, hence the name. The 1934 MGM film was also known as Lady Mary's Lover, and it is, as you might suspect, a romance. The film starred Norma Shearer, Robert Montgomery, and Herbert Marshall, and the radio adaptation stars Madeline Carroll, Carl Frank, and Ivor Francis. The host of the program is Howard Dietz, the then Vice President of MGM. So without further delay, Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, rebroadcasts the January 27, 1950 broadcast of the MGM Theater of the Air, radio's adaptation of Riptide. And I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. I do appreciate it. The MGM Theater of the Air. Our star this week, Madeline Carroll. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Vice President of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, a noted writer of many Broadway and Hollywood musical hits, Mr. Howard Dietz. Thank you. The full hour play you are about to hear on the MGM Theater of the Air is a dramatic story of emotional conflict, as turbulent as its title, Riptide. It was an outstanding metro goldwyn mayer motion picture. Our star is one of Hollywood's brightest stars and one of the world's most attractive personalities, Madeline Carroll. In just a moment, we will hear Miss Carroll in Riptide, as presented by the MGM Theater of the Air. This is the story of a marriage of opposites. 
Any marriage may be considered a gamble, but this one inspired a few wagers. The bride, beautiful and worldly, and rather a pet in the callous, after-dark supper haunts of New York, will get to know her as Mary. The groom is an English peer, Lord Rexford, whom we shall get to call Philip. The opening scene is recent London, crowded London, a limousine in the traffic. In the limousine is the bride and the groom. You all right, darling? What? Oh, of course, Millie. So unlike you, Piccadilly, Regent Street, Oxford, and Tottenham Court Road. Scarcely two words the whole way. My bride, my chatterbox, my suddenly silent one. I'm looking and being impressed. Remember, this is my first glimpse of London. Like it? Love it, with you at my side. <laughs> You're amused. Why? I was thinking of that funny little man on the bridge as we were docking just now, remember? Oh, yes. He'd been in Mexico, what was it, ten years, and so happy to be home. He was, you know, Mary. There was no pose with him. A pair of kippers this morning and a drop of scotch whiskey and my old girl at the dock. Mm, you take him <laughs> off rather well. Ah, we're nearly there. But after ten years in Mexico, darling, what makes you think she'll be at the dock, I said, after ten years? My wife is an Englishwoman. Good morning, said he, and strode away. <laughs> I can hardly contain myself. You knew, didn't you? Yes. The old billy goat. What does he think women are made of? Ah, uh, my pretty. Yes? Did I do something wrong? Say something. Of course not, but over here, your American, uh, what shall we say, flippancy, it uh, won't be understood. I'm sorry. Don't tell all your opinions, that's all. I understand them, but... Others won't. Philip, forgive me. Dearest, don't think... I'm scared, you know that, frightened to death. For heaven's sake of what? Being Lady Rexford. Nonsense. You know, it was all so, so crazy, sort of. How we met, the way it, it sort of flared up between us. Magnificently. Beautifully. But so fast, headlong. And I somehow never thought of being Lady Rexford. If I had, I should have been a little different. How different? You know, less headlong. Darling. Oh, the car's slowing. Now, your townhouse is just round this corner. Darling, what about those regrets you were never going to have? But don't you see... Would a kiss close your pretty mouth? All right, Philip. When this beautiful lunatic feeling of yours wears off, don't you have regrets, will you? Ever. No regrets, ever. And I, I'm going to forget that old, flighty, giddy, gay old past of mine. And I want you to. You do understand, don't you? Perfectly. I know you meant that when you said, yes, I'll marry you. My lord, my lady. Ah, journey's end. Home, my Mary. Oh, Potter, never mind me. Hold the umbrella for her ladyship. Yes, my lord. Thank you, Potter. Oh, Philip, that car, we haven't company. Well, that car suggests that Aunt Hetty is waiting inside to welcome the bride and groom. But our first day, our first moment. Oh, dearest, you love Aunt Hetty. She's very much like you, really, but a deal drier than you'll be if you continue to stand there in the rain. <laughs> Come along. You're about to make an entrance in style. Carried over the threshold. <laughs> A terrible place to bring a bride, Philip. London. I hate it. Nothing should stop me from going back to the Riviera tomorrow. Tomorrow? So soon? You said you'd left there only four days ago, Lady Riversley. Hetty, my dear, please. Titles make me feel stuffy. 
and I'm past the age where I can afford to feel stuffy. <laughs> so I did four days ago, expressly to meet you, my dear. It is sure that I cabled. Moa, I wonder how you got her. I wonder you got each other. You seem so right. Life isn't often so kind. Aunt Hetty is half philosopher and half... Yes? What is it? Oh, David! Welcome home, Philip. Good afternoon, Lady Riversley. Oh, David, Lady Rexford. Mary, this is David Fenwick, my secretary. How do you do? Hello. Philip's spoken of you so often. Oh, I've been lost absolutely without him. We were at Oxford together. Now, David, I've one or two things to be brought up to date on. That Hargreaves matter and Sir John Milton's application. There's no hurry about that, Philip. Oh, I'm sure there is, David. I haven't known Philip long, but I know him well. He's been in a private stew about Hargraves and Sir John Milton ever since we sailed. Hardly in a stew, would you say, dearest? I would say, yes. Run along, darling. There'd only be women's talk here anyway. I'll see you before you go, Aunt Hetty. Now, the uh, thought I had on the Milton application, David, it's a bit extreme. I thought so. Will you have a cigarette? No, no, thank you. I hate English cigarettes and English weather. And London? And London. I go to pieces in London. You mean it gives you the jitters? The, uh, oh, oh, you mean the staggers. (laughs) My dear girl, I've had the jitters and the staggers for 40 years. You know, Philip paid me a very nice compliment before I met you. He said we were really very much alike. His bride and his Aunt Hetty. I think it's very sensible of Philip to get a nice girl with some laughter in her. There isn't much in him. Oh, but there is. I've not seen it. Perhaps you put it there. Would you believe he got off a boat just as it was sailing? We'd only had a week together, just met. A delirious, mad, wonderful week. And suddenly he couldn't bear to leave me, just like that. This is Philip, Lord Rexford. At the time he met me, I was a girl named Mary. Mary Watts, doing anything she wanted to do, anything. Living for a laugh and anything that went with it. She didn't care. And that was the girl he fell in love with, Aunt Hetty. And that worries you? I'm not clear why, quite. Because now she does care. And I'm wondering if... Oh, if it will be the same kind of love, if you understand. Delirious, mad, wonderful... And lasting... My dear, you're worrying yourself into becoming neither fish nor fowl, nor a good Lady Rexford. Will I make it, do you think? Do you think, Aunt Hetty? I think Philip married a very strong-willed young woman who had her own way completely long before he met her. Yeah. I think Lady Rexford can't possibly live for laughs as Mary Watts did, but neither must Lady Rexford forget laughs. Oh, no. Lady Rexford is still Mary Watts. As to whether you will make it, The years will answer that, my dear. Only the years will answer that. Oh, Philip, they're beautiful. Pearls. For our first anniversary, my darling. You put them on, please. Are the others downstairs waiting? Um, Yes. There. Oh, exquisite. Now my bag. Now what did Celeste do with my... What's the matter, darling? You look at me so strangely. What is it, Philip? That, uh, dress. You did notice. Oh, you are wonderful. I combed London. It's not exactly the same, of course, but almost, isn't it? The dress I wore the night we met. 
You weren't Lady Rexford then, my Mary. What? Isn't it, uh, well, a bit extreme? Extreme? But, yes, I suppose it is. For Lady Rexford. I'll change, darling. I'll change right away. Well, Philip? Well, the press agrees to a man. She's a beautiful baby, the image of her mother. They lie. She's her father all over again, only prettier, of course. They uh, also like the name Pamela. <laughs> you sound as though you didn't, and it was your idea. I'd rather you'd waited to tell them. But I wanted to tell them everything about her. I'm bursting with it. Her name, the way her hair curls at her neck, her sweet smell. Dearest, those people were the press, reporters. There's a proper time. Uh... A protocol? Philip, I'm sorry. Will I ever stop making mistakes, do you think? I want to. I want to so much for you, my darling. <laughs> Yes, Mary. Yes, right here. Oh, David, have Bollard put on some lights. All the lights in the house. It looks chilly. Mary, he hasn't gone yet. So he hasn't. I'm anticipating his going, then. Where is he, David? Upstairs, saying goodbye to Pamela. Lady Riversley is here, Mary. Aunt Hetty? Where? Have her come in. Well, she'll be in. She's discussing the merits of champagnes with Bollard. Claims to have more first-hand experience than he has. <laughs> Mary... Philip's only going to Washington. And to New York. But for only six weeks. David, we've never been separated before, not in five years. And he won't take me with him. He won't listen to me. Well, I... after all, it is business. You know what you can do, David Fenwick, secretary to my husband, Lord Rexford. You can give me a cigarette. Of course, Mary. It's only six weeks. After all, it's business. Men, 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 the lords of creation, the masters, the makers of destiny. They rule the world. They boss everything. My dear girl... What are you screaming about? Men, Lady Riversley. <laughs> I'll leave her in your hands. I'll have Bollard light every chandelier in the place, Mary. Thank you, David. Thank you. The jitters, my dear? The jitters and the staggers, Aunt Hetty. It's so silly, really. Is it, indeed? He's only going to Washington and New York on business for six weeks. While I'm little Cinderella who must stay home and read books. A little girl... In love. You're right, darn it. Oh, Philip. Your daughter, my sweet, has all your charm and more of her own. Oh, she's a minx. Kept me up there saying goodbye much too long. Oh, hello, Aunt Hetty. I've always seen rushing to and from somewhere when I see you. There's no great rush. You have time. I'm afraid I haven't, darling. I promised to call in on the chief on my way to the station. Philip, why can't I come and see you off? I thought we decided that. Darling, it'll be such a muddle. Oh, yes. We did decide, didn't we? I think so, dear. You're not going, apparently. Be a wise little girl and pretend you're glad. I think he's being very considerate. I hate boats. Cheat sickness. Ooh. Goodbye, my Mary. Telephone me sometime. I'll never be able to tell you more than I'm telling you now, my darling. Say it, Philip. I love you. I love you. Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Goodbye, Aunt Hetty. Look after her. Everything ready, David? Ready and waiting, Philip. Goodbye. Oh, don't come to the door. Come along, then. We can check those records in the car going down. 
You children squabble. That's dangerous. We don't really. I love you, said he. Sometimes I wonder, said she. Doesn't every woman wonder sometimes? Oh, don't think I'm the neglected wife. I'm not. You're telling the story. I'm listening. There's no story. Only, I don't seem to amuse him anymore, Aunt Hetty. I, maybe I try too hard. I don't know. I seem to have developed an unconscious fear of displeasing him some way or another. He has no sense of humor. I always said that. You remember what I told you once, a long time ago. When you were a bride. About myself, the way I was before I cared. I remember. Well, he forgave me that rather flighty past so completely that he can't stop forgiving that rather flighty past. If you know what I mean. My dear girl. Come to Cannes with me. What? My villa at Cannes. Come and stay with me. Aunt Hetty, you're out of your mind. You are if you don't come. What you need is some sunshine, laughter, a coat of tan, hours of doing nothing to music and moonlight and dreaming. Oh, get thee behind me, Satan. You've a completely competent nurse for Pamela and servants to run your house. There's absolutely no reason you shouldn't come, my dear. But Philip would... Philip will understand. And if he doesn't, well, then he isn't deserving of your keeping a vigil here for his return. It does sound divine. It will be. I'll arrange everything, and we're leaving tonight. These old eyes have failed me somewhat. What? But oh. your voice, when I heard your voice here in this gladsome throng, madam... Tommy, It Trent. brought back sweet memories of other days. Tommy, you here. Mary, you remember. You idiot, of course. The coconut palm in the colony lot. The tomato juice that turned out to be tobacco. The night had started to rain. And you hid on my roof and tried to wake me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> I, I promised you laughter, my dear, but don't overdo it. You two know each other, then? Oh, yes, oh, yes, from New York. Well, when did you get back in this neck of the woods, Mary? You'll excuse me, then. I hate being a third at my own party. I, I read about you in the papers, but what, what are you now? A duchess or something, or was that just a publicity stunt? Was that just a what? A press stunt, you know. No, no press stunt. No more stunts of any kind. Tommy, it's wonderful to see you. What? Oh, we can't talk here. Where can we talk? You said it's wonderful to see me. Oh, yes. I heard you. I wanted to hear it again. And you're right. We can't talk here. Come on. Tommy, where are we going? Don't ask questions. Come on. A quiet corner of the garden. A pool complete with sparkling fountains. A nightingale singing in the bushes, and Lady Mary spreading her dainty wings and gazing seaward. Tommy, you haven't changed. Five years, and you're as mad as ever. Oh, no, 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 no. Young Mr. Trent has acquired wisdom. I don't believe it. I assure you, young Mr. Trent is now properly appreciative. Appreciative? Of Lady Mary. He wasn't five years ago. He let her get away from him. She wasn't Lady Mary five years ago. That makes a difference. Oh, yes. You're right. You were never so beautiful. Idiot. Exquisite. Lovelier than a night that is... loveliness. Oh, Tom. And you did say it, you know. I did say what? It's wonderful to see me. 
Mary. No. Yes. Don't. Oh, why did you do that? Now you've spoiled everything. Because I kissed you. You wanted me to. I didn't. Well, what if I did? That dawn, moon, this place, it's... Mary, why the pose? The pose? A leopard can't change its spots, Ducky. No more than you, Ducky. Tommy, I'm married. I'm settled down. You'll never settle down, Ducky. Wait, Mary, where are you going? Back to the party in Aunt Hedge. And safety. Maybe. You're not good for me. Mary, I'm sorry. Don't take me too seriously, dear. I've been, shall we say, uh, imbibing. Uh, I'll tell you what. What? Let's just be great pals, buddies. Sit down, please. Oh, go on. It's safe. I promise. I want to tell you something. Yes? Not till you sit down. (laughs) All right. Mary, I could marry you. I've never said that to a woman before. I've never thought that about a woman before. You are mad, aren't you? Beautifully batty. Always reaching for something We that you... could be happy, Mary. I am happy. You've forgotten how to spread your wings. You've forgotten you have wings. The things that used to count adventure, excitement, fun. You've forgotten the taste of Tommy, them. Don't, Mary, I... see me sometimes. Forget this solid routine they call living. Let me make you happy. Make me happy being with you sometimes. Tommy. Yes, Lady Mary. I would like a drink. A drink? Lady Mary says. A drink she shall have. From the fountain bar, ten steps away, young Mr. Trent is delighted to oblige. You'll need seven league boots to make that bar in ten steps. Skeptic, the lady must be shown. Seven, eight, nine, ten, and back before she shall count ten. Ah, the necessary ingredients all at hand. Bless Lady Riversley. Something of magic, warming, and nourishing. Something to delight my Lady Mary and confound all the sane people in this abysmally sane world. Hmm. Oh. Fit for the Princess of the Moon. And back ten steps. One, two, the world is not sane. It's we who are sane, Lady Mary. Eight, nine, and... Mary? Mary, where'd you go? Mary, I won't let you go. I won't. Mary! Tommy! Tommy, listen to she me. She ran away and locked her door again. Hush, me. you fool. You're making a spectacle of yourself, of both of you. Why did she run away? I've been going crazy for weeks, and then she came and everything made sense. That's her room, up there. Tommy, come inside with me. Do you hear? Come inside. Right up there, where the light is. I can climb to it. I will climb to it. Tommy! Stop him, stop him, somebody. Don't stand there, get him. Stop him. Tommy, the trellis is breaking. Get a doctor, somebody, hurry. What is it, Aunt Hetty? What happened? It's Tommy. Tommy? He fell from your balcony. Oh, Tommy, you crazy, empty-headed galoot. Hold it, Lady Rexford. What? Thank you. A wonderful shot. Lady Rexford Cradle's headstrong Romeo. A wonderful shot for a wonderful story. Thank you, thank you very much. Mary. Tommy, you idiot. You might have been killed. Would you care, really? Of course. What what do you think I'm made of? Rainbows. Beautiful rainbows. Right across... Aunt Hetty, he's fainted. A doctor's coming. He'll be all right. It's you I'm worried about. 
This will be in the paper. Nonsense. And when Philip reads about it... Philip? You heard that fellow. Lady Rexford cradles headstrong Romeo. A wonderful picture for a wonderful story. When Philip sees it, what then? There is your pretty fix. What then? Light, amusing reading. Lady Rexford cradles headstrong Romeo. A good laugh in that. But is it a laugh? How much stress can declared trust in a marriage be asked to bear? We'll find out in just a moment. of the MGM Theater of the Air, starring Madeline Carroll. <laughs> Distance can put the appearance of truth in a false perspective. The people who have been closest, a husband, a wife, can seem strangers when there is much mileage between them for too long. So with Philip and Mary... An ocean came between them, and now an incident, which has been blown up into an international scandal. Now to the lighter side of the news around the world. That hero of many romances, Tommy Trent, has again written purple ink headlines. This time with the beautiful wife of titled nobility, American-born lady Mary Rexford. Mr. Trent's current exploit was a heroic leap from the beautiful lady's balcony window. Heroic, but nearly fatal, resulting in a cracked skull and hospitalization for Mr. Trent. Here you are, your hometown papers. Name it, we got it. Dream of the news. Here you are, follow by a force and countess's window. It happened on the Rigby Air Raft. Dream of the news, follow Henry, listen to this. Tommy Trent, playboy and polo player, falls from rooms of former Mary Watts on Riviera. Mystery and fall of rich poloists from window of Lady Rexford, former New York Belle. Suicide hinted. Henry, listen to this. <laughs> I should say that's about it, gentlemen. About the financial situation, I know less than anyone living. I will say this, however. Americans have such youth and courage. They may well revolutionize world economics. And, of course, I'm happy to be home and uh, rather tired. Well, thank, well, thank you, you Lord. Rex. You're welcome. Uh, David, did you see her? Not yet, Philip, but there's quite a jam down there. Uh, Lord Rexford. Uh, yes, what is it? My card, sir, the Daily Reporter. Uh, but I've just talked with the press. I think the others were after general news. I want to ask something personal. What? We've held up a story from America about the possibility of a divorce. Is there anything you can say to me at this time? No. 
Most certainly not. I thought perhaps you'd... That is all, thank you. Thank you, sir. A good day. The car just pulled up on the pier. Mary will be here in... De What's the matter? Did the others, those fellows, any of them say anything about Mary and this can mess? No. Why? What a filthy thing to come home to. Philip, I thought you decided to wait to hear Mary. See exactly how much of this The whole is thing fact. is so off-color, so unfair. How dare she put me in such a position? Uh, may I suggest... What? That you hold your horses. Uh, go home. Get a bath and a change. Talk it over quietly with Mary after dinner. Mary would never lie to you. You know that. Philip. Yes, David, yes. Remember, this is Mary. You know Mary. Before you sit yourself in judgment about there being anything wrong, really wrong, say that over ten times. You know Mary. All right, David. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> Philip? Yes, darling? A superb dinner. It was, wasn't it? Everything you especially like. Now, a, a warm fire, a comfortable easy chair, my lord's pleasure at his beck and call. Oh, Philip, I'm, I'm dying to hear about everything. There's um, nothing to tell. No? No. Our first moment alone, you've been gone six weeks. Nothing to tell? Do you think Pamela's grown, darling? Oh, yes. She looks well? Very. Philip, I... The truce is over, Philip, dear. You've been so right and good and correct. I'm so sorry. I, I've been so terribly worried. It must have been horrid for you. It was. Those awful things in the paper, I knew they'd exaggerate. Mary, how could you get yourself mixed up with this Tommy Trent oh, fellow? Oh, Tommy Trent. He's unimportant, Philip. Unimportant? An old friend, nothing more. I knew him in New York. So the paper's inferred. They never let down. They kept on building it up in headlines over the radio. I one would think another war had been declared. I know, dear. Stories, pictures, a Sunday supplement article. Tommy Trent and his women. With your picture over a question mark. Philip, you didn't think. You couldn't think. I didn't permit myself to darling, think. Darling, darling, believe me, it was nothing. It must have been something. What made him think he could come to your room? Climb your balcony? I don't know. We'd been having fun. It, it was a party at Aunt Hetty's. There was music and laughter and, and a big full moon. I, I don't know. We were talking. You and the Mr. Trent? And, and he kissed me. Yes? That's all. I see. Oh, Philip, darling, don't go away again and leave me. Take care of me. I love you. I love you, too. That's the trouble. I, if you mean that, nothing, nothing can ever happen again. Forgive me. I have forgiven you. No. No, you haven't. You don't believe me. Do you expect me to believe that this, this ended in a kiss? I said it did. With someone you knew in New York? What? The kind of girl you wear in New York, you consider a kiss a fair beginning. Oh. I know that. You know it. He does the papers. Philip, Philip, you're angry. I can't blame you for being angry, but in the name of our five years together, in this house with a baby, Philip, you must believe me. Tell me you believe me. I don't know. All right. All right. Then you really believe me guilty. Philip, I demand to know where I stand with you. I've told you the truth. You must tell me. You must. I tell you I don't know. You want the truth? Take it then. I don't know. Uh, 
Trent to see Lady Rexford. She's expecting Tommy, you. thank you for coming. Oh, the moment you phoned me, Mary, at the cost of seven broken engagements, 14 crushed friendships. Tommy, come here. Something's wrong. Terribly. I knew it. You haven't asked me when I got out of the hospital whether my skull mended... Tommy, I want you to do something for me. For Lady Mary, anything. It's a little silly and embarrassing, but I'm frantic. I've explained to my husband about the accident. And uh, what led up to it? Yes. That I uh, kissed you? Uh-huh. Well, is he uh, home now on the premises? He's right there in the library. Oh, I see. Well, what do you want me to do, Mary? I want you to tell him the whole truth, everything. But you said you'd already explained. He doesn't believe me, Tommy. What makes you think he'll believe me? Do I look like a Gideon Bible? Tommy, don't joke. I'm desperate. I'm sorry, Mary. I'll do what I can, of course. Thank you. Philip. Yeah? Oh, yes, my dear. Philip, uh, this is Mr. Trent. Uh, Good evening, sir. Good evening. I called Tommy on the telephone and asked him to come here. Why? Well, uh, Lady Rexford thought if I came around and explained, if I had the chance to apologize to both of you for the embarrassment I've caused you... Yes? Well, when I met Mary, your wife, down in Cannes, it was sort of a reunion. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'd known Mary in New York, and, well, one laugh led to another, and... Well, I remember being a little fresh, and and she ran away, naturally. Well, I got to skylarking up a rose trellis or something. It it, it broke. I'm sorry to say I wasn't killed. I should have been. Is that all? Well, I think so. Isn't it, Mary? I just wanted Philip to hear from you personally. I've heard. Thank you very much. Well, the point is, sir, I... I was solely to blame. It isn't as if it... It wasn't as though Mary... I think you said that was all. For now, yes. Good night, Mary. Mary, how could you be in such abysmal bad taste? Philip, I'm desperate. We can't go on this way. Two weeks, two centuries. Polite strangers, darling. If you'll only give me half a chance. I'm trying to give us both a chance. You don't. You won't understand me, and I'm trying so hard to understand you. But there's a, a locked door between us, and I can't find the key. No, no locked door. Oh, Philip, we're so different, aren't we? The difference between us is all it takes to bring about a, a tragedy. My dear, I, uh, I have work to do. You can work? Well, it is rather a comfort. Oh, Philip. Philip, won't you ever laugh anymore? I'm too worried about the future to laugh. I suppose I'm one of those poor, dull fools who believes that a home and wife and child are sacred and permanent things. But I can't laugh when they're desecrated. And I'm one of those fools who must laugh or cry about this. And I can't cry. Do you want to? Yes. I'll leave you to your work. I'm sorry about the abysmal bad taste. Good night, my dear. Uh, Mary. Yes, Philip. Oh, nothing. Good night. Good night, sweet. Sleep tight. See you bright and early in the morning. Oh, <laughs> steady, Mary. I waited and waited. 
Pamela waited and he didn't come up. He's working, Mary. He comes up after I've kissed her. He's avoiding me, David. What can I do? I wish I knew. I've lost track of time. It seems years since he came home. Two months, about? I can't tell him anything. I've talked and talked until my brain just stopped. He's impenetrable. I know, but Mary... If I didn't know he was so deeply hurt inside, it would be easier. David, I can't go on like this. You can. You must. Keep trying. Lots of love and patience. It'll be all right. I tell myself that, but I'm beginning not to believe it, and that frightens me. May I make a suggestion? Oh, please. You've been too cooped up with this thing. You're losing perspective. Go out. Get away from this house for a while. And will you suggest where? Lady Riversley is in town. Aunt Hetty, he blames her, you know. The whole business is her fault as far as Philip is concerned. She plotted it. She schemed to set up an explosion to wreck our happy family. Mary. Now, I'd see her if I were you. There'll be people that always are and chatter. And you could do with a bit of both. I could, I could. Well, there you are. You tell him where I am if he, in case he asks for me. I'll tell him. In case he asks for me. That's almost funny, isn't it, David? Get me my coat, please. Let me get out of here before I embarrass us both by dissolving into tears. Mills! Oh, bless us, pay a butler, and he vanishes when I want him. Really? Hello, Aunt Hetty. Is Mary here? Oh, bless my soul. Mary? Oh, yes, of course, of course. Come in. I will not interrupt the party. I want to see her only for a moment. Well, if it isn't, darling, I saw you, only it couldn't be you, only, only it was. David said I should find you here. I want to talk to of you. Of course, Philip. Aunt Hetty, couldn't you we... You can't talk out here. That room there, you won't be disturbed. Thank you, sweet. Philip, I'm having so much fun. Oh, oh I wasn't really, but now you've come, I can. Now, Philip, privacy. You wanted to talk. Mary, I... Uh, I can't hurt you anymore. You're hurt, too. I think we should stop hurting each other. I intend we shall. Mary, we... we can't go on. Like this, no. Before I went away, you'd settle down to being a normal, decent wife. Thank you. The moment my back was turned... Did you come here to lecture me again? Because don't. I can't stand it. Since I've been back, all I find is a restless, jumpy, affected woman. That's not fair. It's true. I suppose I shouldn't have come here. I didn't say that. It's what you thought. Well, I had to do something. I couldn't keep following you around that house on my knees, waiting for you to come out of this, this, this coma. Mary, I won't attempt to keep you from an atmosphere you seem to thrive Meaning on. Meaning can again? Oh, can here, all of its... It's a certain color of life that seems essential to you. Philip, exactly what did you come here for? I'm... I'm seeing Farrington tonight. Farrington? Your lawyer? I'm instructing him to... Take the necessary steps toward giving you a divorce. I see. And I adored you so. I'd have died for you. Nothing you could ever have said or done could have changed that. Oh, Mary, I'm protecting us both. You... 
your mind is made up. You've thought this through carefully. Oh, painful. You don't think a chance, another chance? We've had our chance, darling. We've failed. We failed because you built a wall between us. And how different we are, each on our own side. Oh, Mary, Mary, stop. You standing for all that's good and chivalrous and right. So right and strong. So you don't need kindness and tenderness and forgiveness. We've said it all, Mary. It doesn't help. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. You can say that in your smugness and confidence. Confidence? Great Scott. You can control two lives with words and a divorce. You've got the strength to take away from me everything in life I want. Well, I've got the strength to tell you now. Take it. You're right. It doesn't matter anymore. Pride can be a devastating, destructive force. When pride rears its misunderstanding head, there are consequences for Mary and Philip. of the MGM Theater of the Air, starring Madeline Carroll. We often hurt what we love the most, to distort a phrase from Oscar Wilde. When Mary hurt Philip with her friendship for playboy Tommy Trent, it cut deep. When Philip struck back with separation, Mary carried her wounds her pending divorce into the countryside, to the estate of Lady Riversleigh, where there was gaiety, frivolity, lots of laughing people, and Tommy Trent. There was a pretty song about that. About what, sweet? Three chimes, three o'clock. It's three o'clock in the And here are you, and here am I, alone in the music room in front of an open fireplace. Mary. Tommy, don't say anything. I want to say so much. Don't. Just be still. This is right, you know. You, me. And to think, if Hetty hadn't thrown this house party in the country and asked me... Dear Hetty. And if you hadn't dropped in from heaven... Hardly heaven, dear. Tommy. I love you. Tommy. Say you love me. Say, what's the matter? What's that? What's what? That. Listen. It sounds like a fire. Yes. Let it burn. Listen to me. Where could there be a fire? This place is 11 miles from its nearest neighbor. Isolated. A world cut off from everything unimportant. Our world. Tommy, those engines are outside. Stopped outside. They're here. Aunt Hetty's house is on fire. Good boy. Mary. Mary. Yes, yes, we're here in the parlor. Charles, Amy, what is it? The most excitement, dear. Fire in the south wing. It's under control now, but... Oh. Oh. Forgive us. Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, well, we didn't know where you were. And... Good morning, Charles and uh, Amy. Uh, good morning. Mary. Mary, 
my dear. Aunt Henny, I'm furious. A beautiful fire and you let me miss it. It began so suddenly and ended so quickly. Well, well, what is everyone staring at? Uh, I, I carried my valuables outside and now I've forgotten where I put them. Uh, I was in the south wing, you know. Uh, smelled the smoke first. Well, there'll be no more sleep for anyone tonight. I'll have meals prepare hot grogs and bacon and things. We'll be right along, Aunt Hetty. Oh, um, oh, I nearly forgot. This came for you. A cablegram? From San Moritz. Do hurry now, you two. From Philip? Yes. Well? He says, essential we should talk. Can you come up here to me at once? I beg you not to fail me. Waiting. All my... All my love. Your understanding husband, Philip. You aren't going. I don't know. I have to think. I... Yes, I think I am. He whistles you come scampering. Tommy, I must pack. Please go now. I'm not going to let you go. No man's going to let me or not let me do anything ever again. Please go, Tommy. All right. All right, for now, we'll say I don't count on this. But, Mary, he called it a day. Quit. And now something that was apparently dead has started up again. I'm going to stop it once and for all, for his sake. What's dead is going to stay dead. When will I see you? When I get back. When will that be? The minute I've told him the truth. About us? Tonight? About us. Tonight. I'll end it once and for all. For keeps. Monsieur and Madame? That is all. A splendid dinner, splendidly served. Mm. Sorry we didn't do it justice. Thank you, Anton. A pleasure, Monsieur. A pleasure to have you and Madame back with us again. A special dispensation, you know. What? This suite. Same rooms, same view, same mysterious quiet, same sparkling snow. Not the same snow. A lot of flakes have fallen since we were here before. Very well. Fresh snow, then. Clean snow. The hotel's packed, but Anton remembered us and our honeymoon here. Philip, I've waited all day to talk to you. And do you remember now... us? Of course I do, Philip. You must hear me first, Mary. No. And what's this I've waited all day business? Cigarette? Thank you. You arrived here less than three hours ago. All day? <laughs> Does time with me seem so long, then? Philip, I must tell you. I came here to tell you that... Darling, I... nothing you could tell me now or ever could change one thing. I love you. No, you can't. I... I forgot that. In a stupid, madly jealous rage, I forgot the one thing that was important to me, to us. Philip. The last time we saw each other, that day at Aunt Hetty's... Yes, my darling. You said I had failed you. We failed each but other. But I hadn't. I hadn't then. And what I must tell you now is Mary, that I... Mary, wait a moment. Oh, please. Wait. When I suggested parting, it, it was because I felt you deserved something I hadn't the power or the nature to give you. Everything I ever wanted you could give me. Only you. I was... I was angry. Agonized. Dying inside me. Oh, my dear. I, I did die. Part of me did die. And that's good because it... It was the part that distrusted you and suspected you. That, that might have come between us and did come between us. 
Oh, Mary, if I could only tell you in words. Philip, Philip. Darling, darling, stand close to me. Let me say it. Let me hold you and say it. I don't deserve you, but I need you so desperately, my darling. I've been alone. And there's terror in being alone. There's remorse and fear and hopelessness. A world that's twisted and full of empty places. Don't, oh, don't. A half-world without you. Fearful. I, I... I can't go on without you, Mary. If only... What? If only you'd held me like this before. I'm holding you now. If only you'd once touched me. Oh, my darling. Mary, Mary, say you forgive me. I do, I do. You've been alone, too. Darling, sweet. And it's no good, is it? Nothing's any good to part, is it? Nothing, no. And you do know how much I need you. How much I love you. Yes, I do know. And you, Mary? Before God, I love you, Philip. Oh, my dear. No, let me go. Never, never again. You don't want to, do you, darling? You won't go away from me? Oh, Philip, hold me close and don't let me go. Don't let me go. Ever again. Monsieur, they have gone. They can't have gone. You confuse the name. Lady Rex. Oui, monsieur. Lord and Lady Rex. But I followed her as soon as I... Where? Did she say where they were going? Home, monsieur. Like so, Lord Rex said it. Anton, we are going home. And that, believe me, monsieur, is where they have gone. Carter, my good man, here is a birdcage. Inside the birdcage is a pigeon. Attached to the pigeon's leg is a message. Clear so far? No, sir. Let here us... is $10. Give it to whoever answers Lady Rexford's door. The $10, Mr. Trent? And the birdcage. I'm desperate, Carter. She won't talk to me. She won't see me. Now, in return for the 10 spot, the butler is to take the bird from the cage, carry it to Lady Rexford, say it flew in the window, and clear out fast. All right, Carter, get going now, will you? When you yourself answered the door and his man offered you the bribe and the birdcage, it was the last straw. Mary, I know it isn't funny, but you must see him just once. You do owe him that. Rather, well, uh, Philip needn't be hurt if he doesn't know, need he? Now, I have an idea. Come to lunch tomorrow. He'll be here. But I'd not suggest it if there were any other way. Good. At one, then, tomorrow. Come in, my dear. Come along in. You know everyone here. Hello, stranger. Hello, Tommy. A threesome, so properly cozy and full of awkwardness. Mary, you look well. I feel well, Aunt Hetty. Is the twinkle still there? Let me see. <laughs> Tommy, dear. Yes, it glimmers faintly way back where Mary lives behind her eyes. Well, sweet, where do we start and where do we go? Nowhere. I'm going to stay where I am. Mary, does Philip... Have you told Philip anything? She has not. You can see that. And no one else is going to tell him anything. My dear, how can you stop them? One way or another, they'll talk. So many seem to be there at the wrong time. I can deny it, whatever they say. And will Philip believe you, do you think? Yes. Mary, listen to me. I love you. For a little while, you love me. Tommy, dear, don't... Listen, will you? 
For a little while, you did love me. You can't deny that. For a little while, I made a great fool of myself. I see. Mary, is that quite fair to Tommy? You know, after all... Tommy's going to be hurt by this, Aunt Hetty. As Philip has been hurt, as I have been hurt... Sweet, I I doubt that. Remember me, Tommy Trent, the playboy of many romances? Oh, stop it. I do remember Tommy Trent, the playboy, and I've seen him change. And I'm sorry. But don't you see it? It comes to this. I love Philip. Yes, I believe you do. I haven't closed my eyes for nights. I'm paying, too. I've tried to tell Philip the truth, and I can't. I'm afraid, not for myself, but for him. A rather strong man, Philip, my dear. Self-sufficient. Not self-sufficient at all, Aunt Hetty. Who is when they're in love? Yeah, she's right there. This thing, this truth would break him. I know it. And I'm beginning to believe that there's something more sacred than truth. Protection. I'm trying to protect someone I love. And I'll lie, I'll fight, I'll... Uh, Lady Riversley. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Yes, Mills? Philip! I hope I'm not intruding or interrupting anything serious. How are you, darling? Surprised to see you, darling. Such a pleasant surprise, too. You must stay for lunch with us, Philip. You do have the time. Or don't you? I came here to see Trent. Tommy? Oh, why, how lucky he just happened to be here. Aunt Hetty, his man told me he was planning to lunch here. As David told me you were planning to marry. Oh, of course, dear. Uh, you remember the, um, the Harrison girl at the embassy? You know the one. Well, well, Tommy is quite smitten with her, aren't you, Tommy? Oh, oh, yeah, the Harrison girl. Yes, yes, very, very, very much And so. would you believe it, Philip? The smooth, accomplished Tommy Trent is, is, is stymied. He's had to ask the advice of two old dowagers. All dowagers? Just a moment, my dear. Now, if you mean... Isn't that ridiculous, darling? It's a little. I know of no Harrison girl at the embassy. Oh, isn't that her name, Tommy? Didn't you tell me that... Mary, did you arrange to meet Trent here? No, I did not. It was just a coincidence? Yes, of course. Philip, what a strange question. Since you didn't arrange to meet him, you won't mind my making a request. Trent, I want you to stop annoying my wife. Philip. I couldn't avoid knowing of some of his calls when you were out and unable to talk to him. Is my request clear? It's clear. Goodbye, Mary. I I won't annoy you again. I won't even call to inquire the state of your health, but you you know I'll always be interested. Goodbye, Tommy. Be happy. I can't promise that. (laughs) What's this? You still climbing trellises? As a matter of fact, I would any day for Mary. I happen to love her. Tommy, no. He's told you this, Mary? And I told him it was impossible. Why is it impossible? Because I belong to you. Then how dare he... What right have you... Every right. Tommy, please. Mary, I do have the right. Oh, Tommy. What does he mean by that? Nothing, Philip. Nothing at all. Answer me. What does he mean by that? He means exactly what Mary says he means. Nothing. Don't lie to me. I'm sick of lies. Mary's... Yours? I'm filled up to here with them. I said I'd lie. I'd fight. What? But it's no use, Philip. I tried to tell you that night in St. Moritz. That night of the... the clean, fresh snow. Wait a minute, Mary. I've never stopped loving you. But once... I did stop being your wife. Goodbye, Aunt Hetty. My dear. Isn't it strange? One word I was sure I'd never say to you, Philip, was goodbye. And now I have to say it. Isn't it strange? And sad. And dreadfully final. 
Goodbye, my darling. Magazine, in your stateroom, Miss. Thank you, Stuart. Give Mommy a kiss for me, Pamela said. What? Philip! A long rail. Not too crowded. May I share it with you? What are you doing here? How did you find me? Oh, it wasn't too difficult. David Fenwick, when he arranged my passage, I made him promise... Your you happiness and mine is more important to David than a promise exacted under duress. Worthless fellow, David. Bless him. Why did you come? Why? Where are we going, by the way? New York? Would you believe it? I'm not sure. Philip, please. I don't understand. There's nothing to understand. I'm not a brilliant man. I'm I'm stubborn, bad-tempered, occasionally blind, but I'm never... Well, I'm never a fool twice in the same way. But after what happened... What happened isn't important. What's going to happen is... Philip, I can't believe... I don't know what that will be. I, I can't see into the future. But... Whatever it is, I want it to happen to us, darling. Do you understand? Yes, Philip. To us. You and me together. Good, bad, happy, not so happy. I'll share it with you if I may, because without you, nothing is enough meaning to be good or, or bad or happy or not so happy. Oh, darling. Pamela. You said Pamela. What? I forget what you said about Pamela. Oh, Pamela's fine. She hopes she'll enjoy our vacation. I'd probably never have gone through with it, you know, running away. I hope not. I want to because I thought you wanted me to. Not fast enough. Thank heaven, not fast enough. Oh. Well, what is it? Look, the ship's moving. Oh, so it is. Philip, we're on our way. So we are, darling. Together. Such a beautiful word. So hard to find, and so worthwhile finding, together. Madeline Carroll will be back in just a moment. It's been fun having you on the MGM Theater of the Air, Madeline. I enjoyed it myself, Howard. It passed off comparatively smoothly. I expect the listening audience enjoyed you as much as in the theater or on the screen. You're their favorite blonde, to quote one of your starring roles. I'm glad I wasn't a lady in distress, to quote another. This is getting to be quite a thing. I could work in other titles, all the way back to 39 Steps. Please don't. All right, I'll just make one more bow to your splendid war service and to your most recent excellent performance in Goodbye, My Fancy. Thank you, Howard. And thank you, Madeline Carroll. You have been listening to Riptide, starring Madeline Carroll, adapted for radio by William Kendall Clark. 
Original music composed and conducted by Joel Heron. The program was directed by Marx B. Loeb and produced by Raymond Katz. The supporting cast included Carl Frank and Ivor Francis. Ed Stokes speaking. (laughs) 